Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, you are listening to a dual episode of Talking Metal and One-on-One with Mitch LaFon, recorded backstage at Heavy Montreal yesterday on August 7th, 2015. Here is our interview with Ray from Corn. Welcome to another episode of One on One with Mitch Lafon. I'm joined by Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and our guest is Ray Luzier of Corn. We are live at Heavy Montreal 2015. Ray, let's just start off right there with the festival. Uh, tell me a little about playing at a festival, what it's like, how is it different from the shows that you do, and of course, the 20th anniversary of the Corn album that you're doing. Yeah, it's. Um, I love festivals. It's cool that, that you can like pluck a guitar or string or hit a kick drum and it can project over that many people. We've been doing a lot of one-off festivals this year. Um, we just did a bunch of big run with Slipknot in the beginning of the year, which was awesome. Uh, arenas in the states, and then we did everything from Hellfest to Carolina Rebellion to you name it. You know, we just been. It's it's been a really cool year for us because we're doing some more sporadic shows. We usually hit it hard. You know. A lot of bands have a touring cycle, quote. We don't have a cycle. We just tour all the time, and then we take a little break. And This year we actually said we need to spend some time with our families. Let's just hit the big stuff and then plan some fall runs, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, we're hitting the uh, 20th anniversary now. This is October starts my ninth year in the band, which is insane to me because I remember telling my buddies if I got one year out of corn, I'd be happy touring, you know. And it's No one has a crystal ball. Mine's in the shop. So no one knows what the future is going to be. So I'm, I'm so happy and, and very, feel very fortunate to still have the gig. And we're going stronger than ever. I think we're in such a good zone in our the places in our lives that we're at right now, family-wise. And just we're all about the music. There's no BS. There's no substance crap. There's Everything's just leaning forward focus. You know? And talking about family stuff, you just had a new child. Tell me about, about that. That's got to be exciting. I did. We went to the baby shop, picked one out. Kind of looks like me. Uh, um, he's four and a half months um, now, uh, Beck Jagger. And, yeah, so awesome to be. I mean, I waited until I was 40 to have my first kid, you know. And I'm kind of glad because I live on the road. This is I've been touring for 24, 25 years now. So I, I didn't want to be one of those dads that's gone a lot. But now I'm more in control of life, 
you know, other than being scattered in your 20s. So we're so much more dialed now that I think it's a perfect time. So, yeah, I have a four-and-a-half-year-old and a four-and-a-half-month-old. So beautiful. Ray, I wanted to ask you, one of my favorite records from last year was the KXM record you did oh. with, with uh, Doug and George. Would you consider doing another record with them, or was that kind of just a one-off deal? Uh, what's your current relationship with those guys? Glad you brought that up, and thank you for appreciating it. It's, oh, it it's, it's one of my favorite records. Um, George and I have played together for years off and on. We've, we keep trying to do something for probably, it, it's kind of weird, but his wife sold me my L.A. house. She's a realtor, so it's a small world out there, and, um, you know, so lo and behold, I did his DVD that he did, and we did some Nam jams, we're like, when are we going to get together? So I had a a two-year-old birthday party in my house in L.A. for my son, and, you know, L.A. is the land of the flakes. You invite 200 people and 20 show up, you know, so... I invited all my, quote, rock star friends from Billy Sheehan and, you know, all these people started showing up. Doug Pinnock, George Lynch, you know, on and on, uh, Dean DeLeo from STP. And it's just all these people. I'm like, whoa, they're coming from my, this is pretty cool. You know? And at the end of the night, everyone trickled out. To make a long story short, Doug and George and I were in my little dinky studio in my house. And I looked around and, and George goes, man, this would be a cool lineup for a record. I'm like, yeah, that'll ever happen, you know. And lo and behold, George was really persistent he was really like hey man corn's off this weekend kings is off this weekend i have let's just get together and write and he was so persistent it's i honestly can say it's he made it happen you know and i'm so glad he did you know he's a hard-working mofo man that guy i I just i have such respect for him and and his work ethic so we're definitely gonna do another record we're trying to do live shows because of corn's schedule we haven't been able to We, we got all these offers the record was more received than we thought it would be you know we were just having fun and so no we're definitely going to do record two i just want to do some shows if worst comes absolute worst we're going to do like two weeks somewhere film a dvd so at least release it for the fans you know kind of thing so good i'm excited by that it's great great record um a record that i was really into the actually the first time i ever saw you live was at the uh Bowery Ballroom in New York City. You were playing with the Army of Anyone. Wow. You yeah. mentioned uh, Robert DeLeo. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship with, with the DeLeo brothers right now? I know you've done some touring here and there with Stone Temple. Yeah. Um, do you ever see a time where you might do work with them again and in the recording studio? Again, thanks for the compliments. That's another one of my favorite records. That oh, great. I, I'm on like almost 80 records, and I can only pop about five of them in and crank them. You know, and that's that's definitely one of them. Uh, I'm a huge Filter fan. Richard just is out of this world vocally on there. Dean and Robert DeLeo are some of the most beautiful songwriters and people that I know. I mean, they're just great humans. And then when they pick a guitar up, I learned so much off of those guys. I mean, it's uh, and especially I was just coming out of eight years with David Lee Roth, so extreme different, you know, coming from that um, realm of entertainment biz and just the whole, uh, just he's one of the best front men of all time, but he's also... Uh, out of his mind it's hard really hard to work with sometimes so and then you get with Robert and Dean who they just brought my drumming to another level because of the way they are you know they, they really have this weird like I call it like these giant arms that just kind of wrap around you and it's comforting feeling when you're playing with them and uh, they're the first guys that said like what's your hook and I'm like well here's my groove and they're like no no that's your beat but what's your what's the hook in the song I'm like well I'm a drummer what's I don't know we had hooks and then, like, then I started doing these little things and repeating them, and I'm like, they're like, that's your hook right there, and it really made me see things in a whole other perspective. So, um, and then lo and behold, unfortunately, Eric Kretz's uh, father passed away 
when STP got back together when Velvet Revolver split and um, I ended up filling in for three shows and it was it was an awesome thing it was honored that they asked me you know um, that was intimidating man because STP has a thing that they do and every song they write's a hit I mean it, almost you know and uh, so that was an awesome experience um, we played three songs at Soundcheck and Voodoo Fest in front of 40,000 people was my first show and it was just you know I'm playing plush in front of all these people going this is no one cared about who I was they just they're there to see STP you know so now this is with Scott on vocals yep. yeah. Yeah. Scott, they just um, Velvet just kind of broke up and they got Scott back in and uh, um, I've worked with a lot of crazy front men it's, it's, it's a beautiful and very strange thing you know it's like you know yeah. now you've mentioned crazy and you've, you've mentioned you know George Lynch who's a you know guitar hero uh, you worked with Jake E. Lee yeah. on A Fine Pink Miss uh, tell me a little bit about that project, and also if you can comment on what's going on with the Red Dragon Cartel. They've got five singers, like in yeah. four months. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, Jake it was my first. That was my first. Like in LA, it's, I was in all these like not failed original bands. I, we just would get signed and then dropped. So you're not really a failure because you actually got a record deal. But then Warner Brothers would pull the rug out. Ah, we, we don't hear the single, and so I'm in all these original bands, auditioning for national acts, trying to get just my foot wet somewhere and uh and i heard jakey lee was auditioning drummers and same stuff cattle call 150 drummers what do i have that they don't have go down there and i hear the same three songs over and over again i'm like "Ah, i gotta learn i gotta play these stupid songs and i'm like i get there and i'm the last one and jake's literally just head in his hand the bass player's leaning over his hand like they're just done they're like all right dude let's get this you know kind of over with and i'm like hey man let's I'm a huge Badlands fan. Let's do Soul Stealer. And they're like, ah, let's just stick to the three songs. I'm like, and the bass player started messing around with the riff of Soul Stealer. And I'm like, I started playing the groove. And Jake's like, no, man, you're wrong. It's down here. Next thing you know, it was like a whole new energy to the room. And we didn't, we blew off the three songs that I was supposed to play. And I uh, ended up getting the gig, long story. And that was my first real tour on a tour bus. You know, um, uh, Wicked Alliance was the name of the band at that time. Mandy Lyon was the singer. I don't know if there's any yeah, yeah. World War III fans that, He's a very unique guy. Again, um, I think before the zombie Manson thing, Mandy had that thing going in the 80s, the whole screeching, growling, but you either get it or you don't kind of thing. Um, and so, we, man, I looked at the old itineraries. It was like 22 shows in a row with no breaks. Insane touring. It was like, um, to get to the record, I did a bunch of ESP clinics with Jake. You know, it's all over the place, NAM shows to whatever. And um, I did a couple tracks on there, but a lot of it's programming on that record, you know. Um, and we were getting ready to go out and support and start playing again. But I, um, I, I got called to do the arcade tour, um, which was Stephen Piercy and Fred Corey. Yeah, Fred Corey quit, uh, and they were left high and dry. I finished the tour for two and a half months. And then me and Jake just kind of split ways after that. And, um, and then, lo and behold, a year later, I got the David Lee Roth gig. So it just started, you know... Uh, and in between all that, I was doing sessions and playing disco gigs and teaching drum lessons. Yeah, yeah, you know Jerry. Yeah. Awesome guy. From the Killer's Ward. Yeah. If you don't know. Oh, yep. um, you've been doing this tour, the, the first album tour. Yep. Where does that lead us in terms of the future of Corn for a new album? Do you, do you go back, and, and I know you weren't on the first album, but yeah. do, do the, does the band listen to this and go, man, we had something, let's go back and capture that? Or do we say, all right, no, no, we keep moving forward, let's keep going with yeah. new stuff? With with the band like Corn, um, you know, and I love like a lot of bands like Iron Maiden, ACDC. They have a certain chemistry that they 
do and the fans love it so why would they do something different you know what i mean they when you buy the new acdc record it's going to sound like acdc the cool thing i love about corn especially jonathan davis is that he's they're always trying to when corn came out in 94 that's why we're paying homage to this record right now i mean they kind of sliced through the middle of all that stuff that was coming out alice in chains uh, you know pearl jams all the sound guards all that stuff they didn't sound like anybody and they didn't care they had an unethical weird tuning and they had a just a bunch of kids from Bakersfield, California. And I remember hearing that and going, this is going to mess everybody up in a great way. And it did, you know, and um, 40 million records don't, don't like, you know. So it's like to do that record again really takes me back to when I was a fan of that. You know, it's like weird playing that thing back to back. And I'm a huge, me and Phil, you're like, we go see bands all the time. We're huge fans of like, we love, the, the, you know, we're like, man, what if this band would do a whole record in its entirety? What if the, so we know... Us on stage, even though we're playing in front of a bunch of people, we're still that giddy kid inside because we know what it what it feels like to be out in the crowd. You know, we we never really got that whole ego head thing going on. You know what I mean? So it feels awesome to play this record and then do four or five hits at the end. You know, um, we're definitely working on new material. Um, we're picking a producer at the mo- at this moment, uh, which is a really rough thing to do. But to answer your question. Um, it's, I think it's going to have elements of everything. Having Brian Head Welshin back in the band for the last three years, definitely he wants to make it heavier. I think Parad- he wanted to make Paradigm Shift a lot heavier. John wants to sp- still sprinkle elements of the new stuff that's going on today to make it sound today, not nostalgic. We don't want to be that band, but to keep innovating ourselves and keep mo- you know um, moving on with things. But the new stuff we're writing right now, we have about 25 ideas going, and it's... Everybody always says that it's the most insane stuff ever. It's the heaviest stuff ever, but it's really like, really cool. Like I, I can't stop listening to the demos, and it's it's the worst thing to do. Like because you get demoitis, you know that whole like, you, you know when you really record, you're like oh it doesn't sound like that. So I'm really trying to make myself stop listening to the roughs, you know. So, yeah, cool. okay, all right. So you know it's sure. uh, we're good. We got we got some time. Cool. And you mentioned you guys are, are shopping producers. Are you looking yeah. for like a big name guy to come in to work with, or, or? It's, it's, Ezra did the Army of Anyone record? Yeah, um, that was a trip, man. Because Bob's one of my come on, Kiss Destroyer is one of the reasons I play drums to this day. Come on, all the Alice Coopers and the Pink Floyd, the Wall. It's so funny because I was I was such a fan in the studio with Bob Ezra, and I'm like, hey man, when Peter Chris was playing Flaming Youth, and he was like, he'd tell me all these stories, and I was just like, you know, I couldn't I couldn't wait to hear some more. But anyway. We're, to answer your question, I don't know. Like, obviously, the bigger name people are bigger name for a reason because they do great work, you know. So there's a lot of great people out there today, you know, with the Churkos and Nick Rasculinix and the, the old school guys like Ezrin and, and it. I, there's just so many great people out there, you know. Even Butch Vig, like way back. I mean, there's so many. So we're trying out a couple of people. I don't want to say right now who they are because, you know, we'll, we'll be announcing that soon. But. Um, it's it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be real cool. Ray, thanks so much for joining us on a, a dual episode of One on One with Mitch Lafon and Talking Metal. Have a great show tonight. We can't wait to uh, check the set out by Corn. Thanks, man. And uh, stay tuned on Corn.com for a, we get, there's a lot of giveaway packages stuff we're doing for the big run. We just announced the states run in, the, in October, and we're doing a bunch of like VIP giveaway stuff. So everyone, stay tuned on that. Thanks for listening. Cool. Thank you, Good, Mitch. Thank you. Works for me. Thank you.